0: Hello J-Train podcast listeners, this is J-Train, Jared Freed, happy Thanksgiving. I wanted to let you know, you might notice that today's episode is a little bit longer than usual. That's because I have put an episode of Coffee with J-Train at the end of today's show. What's Coffee with J-Train? Coffee with J-Train is the Sunday podcast that I do uh, on Patreon, Patreon is a great platform where I'm doing three extra podcasts a week for five dollars a month. It's a step up from here. This is the you know the free version, and that's the the pay for play. So, coffee with J Train. Is legitimately my favorite thing to do every week. It's very personal to me. I'm very um, open on it, and people seem to really enjoy it. This is an episode from two weeks ago. I talk about the movie Heavyweights. I talk about Chinese food. I talk about the closing of a comedy venue that I used to do open mics at, and I wanted. You guys to take a look uh, because, you know, happy Thanksgiving. People need more stuff to listen to. And also, I want you to sign up for Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jared This is a little taste. Patreon.com slash Jared $5 a month gets you three extra podcasts a week. Uh, this is Coffee with J-Train. This is one of the three I do Uh, every Sunday so I'd love for you to check it out and sign up patreon.com slash Jared Freed otherwise I'm doing live shows St. Louis Missouri and Indianapolis Indiana both of those dates are on my website I think the first one's December 10th and the next one is New Year's Eve weekend so if you're in those areas and you want to come to some socially distanced shows I hope they still happen of course things are kind of by the moment uh, at this point so Go to my website, jaredfree.com JaredFried.com, JaredFried.com. but enjoy today's episode. It's the usual J-Train that you know and love, and then afterwards is a coffee with J-Train. I'd love for you to check it out, enjoy it, let me know what you think, um, and sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash jaredfreed. Enjoy. Welcome to the J-Train Podcast. This is J-Train, Jared Free, coming you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That's right, I'm on the road again. I'm making funnies on the road again. I'm going back on the road. I'm opening for Michelle Wolf. She's doing some socially distant shows during the week. And then I'm going to go on my way to another place this weekend. So things are coming back. I don't know what that means for months from now, but hopefully um, we're, you know, on the, Getting better every day. But who knows? Oh, I'm here for you. I'm here for you every Monday and Thursdays with your emails, your stories, your questions. And keep sending them in. Podcast at gmail.com. Jtrainpodcasts at gmail.com. The seasons change and so do your problems. So keep sending them in. Keep te- And keep, you guys, you know what to do. Tell a friend, a brother, a coworker, a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa, anyone with ears. That's how we keep this growing. I want this to grow. I, and, and you right now going, I know what you're thinking. You're going, oh, yeah, 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 he says this every episode. I, I don't. Sure, Jared. Sure, J-Train. Sure, Wizard of Haas. Sure, Prince of Promos. Sure, uh, Board Lord. Sure, Chairman of the Board. You You say this every time. But I am saying to you, if you just had that thought, if I just read your mind, make your Instagram story. Make it Tag a bitch. Let a friend know. Maybe you have a friend that's dealing with an issue we talked about today. Oh, my God, you got to listen to J-Train. He just talked about that. Look at I'm, I'm writing lines for you. I'm writing script for your Hallmark movie. So why wouldn't you be doing this? And thank you to the people who do do this. So I, I appreciate all of you. I love all my children equally, but I love the ones who post about it more. I'm also doing a little bit of a sale. Ring that bell, Shelby. Sale alert. shop.jaredfreed.com. I got feather feather sweatshirts. We're doing 15, 15, 15, 15% off all merch. So go to shop.jaredfreed.com if you have someone in your life that also that you commiserate about this show with. Maybe there's something on there for you. Beach by noon attire. Listen, just because it's wintertime doesn't mean the beach by noon lifestyle stops. It's a beach by noon winter, baby. Patreon, these are all ways to, you know, to get more involved with what I'm doing here. Patreon.com slash Jared Freed. I'm doing three extra podcasts a week. Uh for five bucks a month. That's a pretty good deal to me. And also, also those podcasts are like those are near and dear to my heart. That's really where I'm opening. I am I'm open here. I'm not lying, but that's where I'm going. It's a very different podcast universe there. So you want to try it out? Put five bucks uh patreon.com slash Jared Fried. Enough with me. Enough. Oh, also, <laughs> live shows. Sorry. I'll shut the fuck up soon. We'll start the show. Live shows. Live shows. JaredFried.com. JaredFried.com. St. Louis, Missouri. Indianapolis, Indiana. I Indianapolis. Uh, listen, people. New Year's Eve. I'm going to be in Indianapolis doing socially distanced show. Come on out. Bring the crew. And I have to say, you know, I can speak that all the for the clubs are doing the right things. They're making sure to like keep everyone far apart. But also, you're seated. You're in one spot as opposed to maybe a bar where you might travel a little bit. You're seated. You laugh. You get up. You go home. It's a pretty good thing for a socially distanced show. Very excited about today's guest. She has a fantastic blog called An Indigo Life. Jessica Camerata, thank you for coming on. Thanks. It's an indigo day. <laughs> God damn it. It's okay. It's new. Listen, so We don't that. edit. We don't edit here. We're going straight through oh, an well, indigo sh- day. It's an all right. indi- what did I call it? Life. Oh, because your last one, my style Vita, Vita life.
1: That's fine. It's close enough.
0: But here's the thing. People will remember this more because <laughs> I fucked it up. An indigo so. day. That's right. Indigo. So, okay, go ahead.
1: It's only two weeks old. So it's all right that you screwed it up.
0: Well, I love that you made a change. This is a refresh. You were, you, you, you're so tell people, and I'm super excited to have you on. I follow your stuff. I love watching it. I know it's for women. I'm not really the audience. Am I the audience?
1: I mean, no, but I, it depends on what you watch. Like the feed, I feel like is definitely for women, but the, Stories are a little more casual, like we're just hanging out.
0: Right? Yeah, I, I just, I think you posted about my show or something when I was yeah, in Atlanta. Oh,
1: so in Atlanta, you were hysterical. Thank you. I, you know, I know Ashley. I know Grace. so I feel like there's been like a connection.
0: Sure, so that's how Grace I, Atwood, who has, who's in the blogger community. There's a blogger community.
1: Oh, it's a industry. It so is a I- life.
0: So this is why I enjoy your stuff so much because you put out good, like it's all like lifestyle tips, right? Like it, it, you explain it. You, I, I'm not going to explain your, what, what would you uh, describe an Indigo Day as?
1: So an Indigo Day, which was for nine years called My Style Vida,
0: mm. but
1: I hated the name so very much. Um, why did
0: you hate the name? And, I, and let me let me just say before you answer this question, I. it's funny that like I read it like it's i i you you must know that like when people see a a instagram handle they just know you as the handle right like and, and my style i would just be like oh there's vita yeah. <laughs> like like you know so like like i do that with uh you know Kay brown she works at betches she's uh, she's fantastic she's been on the show before i know her as k york city like i just know her as that and do you have that with people like when you
1: yeah, I've had people, I'll never, I'll never forget. I was leaving Publix one day and someone, some guy just screams, My Style Vita. And I'm like, I thought it was one of my guy friends. I turn around, some stranger. That's and great. He, my wife loves you. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's amazing. So, yeah, I, I even have friends who have texted me and they're like, Just so you know, we're still calling you My Style Vita, even though your name is an Indigo Day now.
0: So, <laughs> it's fine. So- but I have a great interest in people doing you know, this is your job. You're making a living. Yeah. You're you have a full on company and and it's from something that maybe, you know, again, like blogger, you're we're around the same age, I think, right? Like I'm thirty five. I'm
1: thirty three, so I'm younger.
0: Okay, you're younger. But I'm saying the blogger when we were like getting out of college was like a thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, so I started it nine years ago. I had a day job. I was working at Norfolk Southern, which is mm. the railroad. Um, I was a revenue accountant. That's so what I got my degree in was accounting.
0: Norfolk Southern sounds the most like monopoly board item.
1: Yep. It was pretty miserable. I cried every day on my way to work. <laughs> and it's what stemmed this whole blog. I got in trouble for my outfit one day. Because a bunch of miserable fucking women work there, and I took a photo of my outfit in the mirror in the bathroom and posted it to Facebook, and yeah. it became like a thing. Like, well, what are you wearing today? And so I was like, well, maybe I'll start this blog thing that my cousin told me about. I'd never even heard of a blog. Sure. Uh, nine years ago, it was totally different. I
0: mean, it, well, were the blog not like this. Well, I, I listen. I I didn't mean to out anyone's age but blogger is something that like people would like i don't think people would call it that today like yeah. influence influencer is, is the term but like blogger i when someone says blogger i know the time in my life that came from you know yeah, totally and, and was- like I- a long time ago. <laughs> and but, but I remember people being like, I'm going to start a dating blog and I'm going to tell my crazy dating stories. And then like a week later, they'd be engaged and then there goes the dating blog. And then like you'd hear about like, I'm going to start my fashion blog. But like, why was, if we can go back, why were these, what did you get in, tr- what outfit would get you in trouble? You don't.
1: It was a pencil skirt. I think it was a pencil skirt with like a blouse tucked in, I think. And it was just, I think, too tight and like maybe an inch or two above the knees too short that they didn't like it. I also got in trouble for wearing the wrong kinds of jeans on jean day. I mean, it's like.
0: Who brings you into the office and is like, like, what an HR nightmare in today, right?
1: Awful. Just a bunch of miserable people worked at that company just waiting for retirement. <laughs> it was terrible
0: well i'm just imagining i mean you're working at the railroad i'm just imagining like a big guy a big fat white dude with a cigar like hey get into my office we're gonna talk about your jeans on jeans day you're like (laughs) with
1: suspenders (laughs) it was pretty pretty pathetic so that job didn't last very long
0: (laughs) okay so you post a picture of it and people are just like on facebook is it just like friends and family being like oh i love your style and
1: And I've always been into fashion. I've always loved fashion. I've always loved writing. And um, I I had a cousin who who has a blog and she's like, you should just start a blog. And I was like, okay, like whatever mm. that is, I'll just start it. Okay. And so literally on the same couch nine years ago, I was like, maybe I'll come up with a name and I just pulled something out of my ass and I hated it. But I was like, who knew it would become my career? And sure. so I started documenting my outfits and talking about fashion and- here we are nine years later.
0: And and you're getting a following and, and people are, what are they doing, like in the way I talk about in the beginning, are they posting about it and going, oh my God, people go check it out? Is it like word of mouth more? How do you seem to like find traffic with people?
1: I think, especially for me, because I've been doing it for so long, it's a combination of Pinterest and really good SEO um, with my blog posts. But a lot of it is just, you know, fellow bloggers sharing stuff, readers sharing it, and just- Hold on.
0: Sorry to interrupt. SEO, explain that to the listeners.
1: So, I mean, this is really nerdy stuff, but (laughs) the way that things, and this is my favorite topic I could talk about for hours, but we won't. Um, SEO is just search engine optimization. So if you search for something in Google, for example, how to style bell-bottoms- uh, if you, have, if you have a really good optimized blog post and it's written in such a way you'll be the first person to show up or at least on the first page so that is really good stuff that's like that's gold right
0: there. and again that's like specific like someone looking for bell bottoms yeah you want to capture that person like yeah. that might be 50 people but 50 people is a good day
1: Right, especially if they're super wanting to read that kind of a post. And then sure. they're more likely to shop the post, and they're more likely to sign up for the newsletter that pops up. And then before you know it, they're my biggest fan. So it's that's like the perfect scenario.
0: Now, do you have like – I mean, I know from telling people I'm a comedian, someone will go – or like they'll go, so tell me a joke. And if someone says like – or like I'll get that, and then I'll also get – Oh, I heard you have a podcast about where people ask about dating. What do you know about? I get that a lot. What are the negative? What are the things people say to you?
1: So I wouldn't even say it's like my friends or family. It's always. Um first dates from dating apps (laughs)
0: okay (laughs) yeah I I can see I've had these um interactions I understand
1: yeah my my biggest pet peeve on a first date is when a guy asks me oh well you're a fashion blogger how's my outfit or what do you think I should wear or and I'm like well for one I'm a woman I dress myself and I don't have a man (laughs) so I don't dress men ever Um, and for some reason that just like really gets under my skin when men ask me that, or they'll also try to tell me that I should start writing about men's fashion as if I don't know the statistics (laughs) behind my own business and how many fucking men actually read my blog.
0: Well, I would assume they're looking for compliments because, but I, I would assume also like the dumbness of that is like, you're on the date with them. Like. Like you thought they were attractive in some way, so like yeah. why, why even like?
1: Right. Why, like, I, I doubt yourself.
0: Yeah, like I, it's not really a good look, you know. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah. So those questions always drive me a little bananas when someone wants to know, like, or they'll be like, "Well, what's the what's the latest fashion trend?" And I'm like, There's "A million of them, and that's all subjective." And can we talk about other things? Like, but but I you talk would uh... every day. Like, what's going on?
0: <laughs> but also, I would assume people come to you. Because they're kind of trendless. Like I'm not saying you're not trendy, but I'm saying like you you have a community of people who see eye to eye with your perspective and that perspective translates into a fashion, I would assume.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're coming for advice. I I try to provide, like my little shtick is I provide practical tips for a more put-together life and that's usually style tips or beauty tips or decorating or whatever. Um, Mostly style though. So yeah, they're looking for that, but I mean- I can't, I can't help men is what I'm basically trying
0: to So, So to the men listening, don't go you, you, don't, you, you're not going to find bell bottom tips for men. Right. So, exactly. so I want everyone to go follow because I, I enjoy your stuff. I love, uh, you know, you're, you're your, again, this is a, it's a, it's a place to go to for so many resources. So I wanted to bring you on at, an indigo day okay at an indigo day it'll be all over my social media and you can go to the actual blog yeah. uh, that jessica has at an indigo day.com an day.com so go check that there was another question i had that you brought up when you said seo um and i'm totally losing place with with the question i had I'm Talking about pinterest oh S- pin- how, that's what i want to know I have no, I've never even been on Pinterest. Really? It's like a Google search will bring up Pinterest. Right. And like maybe through that, but like, how does that world work? So Pinterest
1: to me, so fun fact, I fucking hate Instagram. Like I think it's it's terrible. I mean, it's. it's What do you hate?
0: What do you hate about Instagram? Is it the. It's
1: the, I think it's the world that it's created in terms of the influencer world. Like there's that, this very typical, basic blonde blogger look and i feel like a lot of girls women young people are just striving to be that and it's just this fucked up mentality um and people i love making
0: fun of that influencer type and i I, I, it's a type (laughs) yeah and i i think also like again what you're saying what i think you're saying is and, and this is kind of like why it's easy to make fun of is like they're all in the follower economy where they don't want to lose followers. So they never go outside the lines. So they all say the same things because it's safe.
1: The same. And they, you know, they just focus on Instagram. They just want to get followers. They'll do loop giveaways. They'll, you know, they'll complain about the algorithm. They'll complain about not getting enough likes. And I'm just like, who who gives a shit if Instagram went away tomorrow, my business still survives. It's still going on and that's because of SEO and Pinterest. So Pinterest to me is the absolute greatest. It's basically Google, but with just images. So you can type into Pinterest also how to style bell bottoms and outfit ideas will come up and you can either just browse the photos or you can click through the photos and land on a blog post or an article um, about it. I'm sorry if you hear my dog snoring. I just realized she's. I don't. Okay, <laughs>
0: she's really loud. You have a dog? Let's see it. Do you- this is pork. Oh my god! And she's. I snoring. know pork from the from the Instagram that you oh. ate, but
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that's Pinterest. I think Pinterest is phenomenal. So Pinterest is like one of my top re- referral sources, which is great.
0: So you have a Pinterest page. I, I have a I,
1: page I, and I make pins for Pinterest for my blog post. So every blog post has special pins that go to Pinterest interesting. and it drives
0: traffic. It's a lot of fucking work. <laughs> so it's Pinterest would you say it's there it's mostly fashion like uh, if someone's no, like
1: The great thing about Pinterest is it's literally everything. Anything you would if you need like a DIY solution in your house or if you need to figure out how to you know do a, a beauty tutorial or hair tutorial it's also like becoming much more popular with men so i'm actually surprised that you haven't really been on it because a lot yeah. of yeah it's apparently like a huge huge percentage of male users so there's a lot of people on it it's, i love it it's what, great
0: listen i i it, it's one of those things and i think about it like in the same way i think about like areas of brooklyn Where, like, if someone says, oh, I live in Park Slope, I just have been nodding along as if I know where that is. Like, I just, I've just been saying yes to that my whole life. And they go, oh, I live in Bushwick. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, I have no, because there's a certain point where I go, I don't need to know about it. No one's ever going to call me out on me. Yesing them on the area of Brooklyn. I kind of do the same thing with Pinterest. When someone's like, "Oh, Pinterest," I go, "I know it exists. I know people use it." But to hear that it's a a a huge part of your business, like I'm like, I I I," so someone so on Pinterest, someone follows you. You're like, I'm putting up a new Pinterest post, and it will be like a theme. Is that what it is?
1: No, it's like this whole. How would you even describe Pinterest? It's really just this crazy search engine of images it's not no, even, I, It's not even like if you were to log in would you see my latest pin it's like also an algorithm you search there's like a home feed of new stuff that you don't follow that's just trying to get you to see new content it's just but when
0: you when you pin are you pitting something like is there like like what's today's pinterest or what's the most recent pinterest that you put up is it under a certain is there is, is it just anything or is it under a certain kind of like like what's
1: So today I will probably, and I, this is something I actually like, I schedule it out for like weeks and weeks and weeks. I use like a program that does it mm. to me, like Pinterest is way more important than Instagram. So I spend a lot more time on it, um, but it just depends. So like yesterday I did a blog post on a fall tablescape and I made 20 different pins for it and I put it through a scheduler and it's going to like rotate through those pins and schedule them out and push them out to different boards on my pinterest
0: (laughs) so the fall tablescape that is so again that's like that's the kind of okay that's the post um if you're looking to put a nice table together for your fall event this is where you could this is 20 ideas
1: yeah exactly
0: love that okay well so listen everyone needs to go follow jessica on pinterest now i i an indigo day an indigo day at an indigo day on Instagram. It's going to be all over my social media and indigoday.com. Uh, I'm super pumped to have you ready to answer some emails.
1: Yes, let's do it.
0: Train podcast at gmail.com. Train podcast at gmail.com. What's a girl got to do? Jared, love the pod. And when I was struggling to answer this question, I knew just who to turn to. So the question, before I give any backstory, is: Do I bring up that I am wondering if there's more to my friends with benefits situationship than on the surface, or do I use this guy for sex and continue <laughs> to date for a relationship elsewhere? Okay, okay. That, that's a she. She has legitimately organized that she's Pinterest this email. She's. Yeah.
1: She's got it into categories and boards. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, this is the backstory. About five years ago, I met this guy on a dating app. It was right after college, and neither of us really wanted a relationship, so we would just have sex once or twice a week, and that was that. This went on for some time, and eventually fizzled when we got uh, when we each got into our other relationships. Recently, we broke up with our partners, and he found me on Hinge and sent me a message. So we meet on a dating app again. That was his opening line. <laughs> we ban <laughs> so I guess we're both single again <laughs> we, we What's
1: ban you know is that like that the hinge and bumble has been around for so fucking long now that you just that's just what happens as you just meet the same sure. kind of people on the same dating you're like oh well should we try
0: it again just- yeah and how exciting is that like I I I I remember being on the dating apps I would see these people like there was like a group of like 10 people I'd be like here and they must have looked at me and thought the same thing like guess who's back <laughs> and and you there is a point where you're like I have done the thing where I've been like ah let's give it a shot this yeah. time and you swipe right you're like what yo it, it it's kind of like food being on the table. You're like, the longer it sits here, the more chance I'm going to eat it.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And, and that's really the most disgusting way to describe.
1: <laughs> because you always feel so disgusting after you eat that too, right? So maybe it's not. Yeah. A- you just swipe right on the leftovers.
0: And also, how it, like, let's say it does work out. How do you even explain it? Well, it was the 17th time I saw her, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll give this bitch a chance." Like, what do you say?
1: Oh, that's why. I- It's just a struggle out
0: there. (laughs) She writes, We bantered back and forth, eventually agreeing to text and meet up. The first time we hung out was like nothing ever changed. We laughed so hard, talked about our lives the past five years and had some really great sex. We've hung out several times since then and I honestly am just so comfortable with him and it just kept me thinking... Why haven't we tried to date each other? Should I say something to him about how I feel? Will that ruin what we have? So that's where you come in. What do I do? I really like hanging out with this guy and the thought of him finding a relationship with someone else kind of upsets me. But I also don't want to ruin what we have by asking for more. Can this be a casual conversation over a glass of wine and asking, hey, why have we never tried to date each other? Or do you think he sees me purely as a friends with benefits? Any advice, peace of mind, would be amazing. Stuck between a cock and a relationship. I like that sign off. Um, so, Jessica, do you have you been in this situation before, kind of the guy that – comes back in your life uh you mentioned being on dating apps are you on them now what's your situation
1: so my current situation is truly sad and pathetic um
0: oh don't say that that
1: it is there's no dating apps happening the thought of like i can't decide if i'm like do i go out and like date a bunch of people and catch chlamydia or do i go out to date a bunch of people and catch covid like which one is fucking worse at this point Um,
0: there's only two choices. I I know you're only getting chlamydia or COVID if you leave the house right now, that's the only things that could ever happen. No, no chance of love, no chance of catching, you know, you know, um, a good feeling. No, just chlamydia and COVID. That's all that's out there.
1: So currently there's nothing happening in my dating life, but I have, um, I have done the whole, somebody comes back into your life and you want Mm -hmm. it to be something and it, definitely never came it, it never had the opportunity to come to a conversation which sucks It just sort of he goes to me before it could, we could get to that point but I think my advice to her is just have the conversation because if you're really that happy with them then go for it what if it's like what if it could be the, the best relationship and if it doesn't then fuck it it's over and you get to then move on and hopefully find somebody
0: for sure and uh, but Go back to your story, the guy who ghosted. What happened in that situation?
1: Well, it was a guy from college who we were just friends in college and then just sort of stopped talking. We just, you know, it, we, we were never like messing around or anything in college. We were just friends. Um, but we sort of reconnected after college from a dating app. Mm-hmm. And we were like, why have we never hung out before? Like, blah, 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 blah. And we started hanging out and we were hooking up a little bit, but things got weird and so it just never really how did
0: they get weird?
1: I knew you'd go there.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry I, I, because I think your situation with this guy is very similar to the emailer situation. you
1: could just tell that he was not in it for a relationship. It was just yeah. very casual. And there, there weren't, you know, like like she mentioned, having like long nights of conversation and laughter. Like there wasn't any of that. It was just a lot of texting. And mm-hmm. then it was a lot of then like getting together and having a little bit of fun. So it never amounted to much. And he also like traveled a bunch. So it ended up just not, it just kind of fizzled and then ghosted. So yeah. I, I feel like if he was more involved and we had more of those like fun, you know, long nights of chit chatting and wine and, and gabbing sure. away that I would have definitely wished that I posed the question like, where is this going? Because it yeah, was like, will I ever see you again? Not where is this going when it was with him?
0: Some, sometimes a question is posed by the, uh, the actions that someone will allow. Like, and I, I think that's kind of like the situation that this person's in. I think like, like, The idea of like, hey, we do a lot of texting and then it kind of just fizzled. And it's like, well, you know, I I think a lot of people make themselves pay for the actions of the past. And I I think that's kind of what she's doing. She's like, well, we hooked up before. And then he writes, well, uh, so we meet again in a dating app. He's doing that like these dating apps. And with your situation with the guy from college, the dating apps are kind of an ownership of a thought in your head. Right. Like y- you are saying, when you guys match on the dating app, the guy from college, you're saying, I find you attractive yeah, enough to go like, out.
1: Why haven't we been hanging out? Like, I had a crush on you in in, in college. Why haven't, and totally. so you kind of have to like try it a little bit, but we never had enough opportunity where I feel like she has really great opportunities here. And I think she should go for it. I think it sure
0: could, it could end up being something great. Well, it could. And, but I think the, the thought of like, I'm going to scare him away from saying something like that's not going to scare him away. It all it does is reveal what his true intentions are and the amount of responsibility he wants to take for you. Like, you know, the idea that like, you know, when, when you guys match in the dating app from college and you go, Oh my God, it's not as much. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's more. Yeah, fine. Okay. We got this out there. You know, like, like, and, and again, their safety in knowing each other from before. It's the,
1: the best feeling.
0: It's the best feeling because like, oh my God, we share these things in common already. I don't have to worry about the first date, him asking me to like, you know, style his wardrobe because he heard him like, like all those things are out the door. The same yeah. thing with this woman. She matches with a guy who she knows we've had sex. The sex was good. We had good banter. Oh my God, we're already there. The problem becomes, is he taking advantage of those things that you know each other from right so it's like like a lot of people they're like well i'll go back to the thing that's been on the table for so long because it's like i just know that it's safe it's not going to upset my stomach and i know i'll get you know the first couple of dates are going to be great right. she is now realizing she likes him that's that's end of story right you like him like this whole idea of like you're going to miss out on something you're not this can't go forever at some point you're gonna hate him because right. you never said something
1: right The friends for benefits it will there's always an expiration date on it i mean it never yes. never lasts forever so it's just a matter of let's just say he says no you're just cutting it a little shorter that's all
0: yes when so- she says i also don't want to ruin what we have by asking for more it will get ruined the idea that you're going to ruin it. Yeah. There's like, just like you said, there's an expiration date. This is going to go bad at some point. And it's like, do you want to ruin We say this on you up podcast, you know, more recently, do you want to ruin your month or ruin your year? Like it's a choice between the two. So like the idea, so like, can this be a casual conversation over a glass of wine? Sure. Well, my, my thought on that is to say, Hey, the idea that you guys are like just hanging out now, Hey, I'd love to do a date this week. Like that is an action. That is not a question. That is saying what you want. I would love a date this week. Well, I can't do this week. Let me know when he's going to either make the date or he's going to ask for something below that date. You can say no to the, the, the option. And then when he says like, Hey, do you want to come over tonight? Late? You go, Hey, I, you have to be positive with it because I think like hating him for trying to do what he's been doing, right,
1: you're, what you've agreed to do for a while. Yeah.
0: Like you got to let him know the rules have changed and you have to like, when I go to a restaurant and they're closing, they don't say it to me because like I'm an asshole. They go, Hey, we, we close at nine and I go, Oh, I guess I should be earlier next time or I won't come back at all. Right. <laughs> you know, so I think you have to let them know that the hours have changed on your restaurant. Like, <laughs> y- you know, like, hey, uh I totally appreciate what we've been doing. I love hanging out with you. I think there could be something more here, but there's only something more with dates, yeah. with actual investment of time and effort.
1: Exactly.
0: The J Train podcast is brought to you by MeUndies. The holidays can be the most stressful time of the year. If only there were some bearded man with a bottomless bag of everything you need to cross off that list. Thankfully, our friends at MeUndies have the next best festive thing. MeUndies curated a list of the stuff your friends really want this year so you can soften the holiday stress. What's the saying? Work softer, not harder. Their ma- micro model is not only super soft but breathable, light and impossibly cozy. And it's made from beechwood trees. What's better than that? It's everything you need to have a stress-free and comfortable holiday. Gift some me-me time with undies, sustainably soft Undies PJ sets, slippers and more. I got the I have the Meundies' um sleeping shorts and I have to say They're the most comfortable thing I've ever put on my body. It is like I'm draped in a genie satin, you know, like, like, you know how a genie will be like on a satin pillow. That's what it feels like. These shorts and they just drape over your body and they are prime for couch time. I love them so much. I put them on and I didn't take them off for a week. And then Jess was like, you gotta, okay, come on. Let's, let's make a move here. You can. Also, gift a membership with MeUndies me- gift cards. Their membership is a subscription that sends new pairs right to their door, so they never have to run of- out of undies again. With state-wide savings and exclusive sales, they automatically pay less for well everything. I gotta say, that's a great gift to somebody. And I've said this before: I love MeUndies. I love their underwear. I love those sleep shorts, but. The idea of giving someone a gift that keeps on giving, the gift of a gift card or getting someone a membership that keeps them refreshing their undies with different designs they can choose the designs they can choose the sizes they can choose the look they can choose the cut and that's really a fun gift for somebody that's that you're you know you're near and dears Meundies has a great offer for my listeners for any first time purchasers you get 15 15 15% off and free shipping Meundies also has their problem free philosophy if you're not satisfied with any product for any reason they'll refund or exchange it no caveats no questions to get 15% off your first order and free shipping Go to MeUndies.com slash JTrain That's MeUndies.com slash JTrain MeUndies.com slash JTrain 15% off your first order and free shipping MeUndies.com slash JTrain And have a comfortable holiday The JTrain Podcast is brought to you by Movement We all know that 2020 isn't playing by any of the usual rules, and that goes for holiday shopping too. Between shipping delays and the mess and stress of in-store shopping experiences, there aren't great options. But our friends over at Movement, watches, have made gifting easy. Movement makes clean and modern watches, blue light glasses, and accessories getting great quality and style doesn't have to break the bank. Their Black Friday sale is live right now, so you can get ahead of your holiday shopping with their biggest sale of all time their watches really feel like for like a 400 to 500 dollar watch for a fraction of that price they're durable great quality and are designed in-house out of their Los Angeles headquarters movements ever scroll blue light filtering glasses are a personal favorite with lenses that protect your eyes for long hours in front of your screens I have the blue light glasses. I have worn them. You've probably seen them on my stories. I love how they look. I feel like... I feel kind of like a fraud at first. You're like, I don't wear glasses. And then all of a sudden you put them on. You go, ooh, this is a whole new me. But you know what I loved about them? My eyes do get tired from looking at the screen. I'm always looking at my screens. I'm, I'm looking at my phone all the time. I go from phone to TV to computer, phone to TV to computer, phone to TV to computer. So this really has made my eyes feel better. It's easier to go to bed at night. It doesn't feel, sometimes you get that feeling like they're just worn out from a day of staring at screens and That's what I love about these blue light glasses, and I bring them everywhere now. Movement makes a great gift. Movement has this super sleek matte black packaging. The packaging is beautiful. Just add a bow and you're good to go. Their products are one size fits all, and their gift guides help you find the right gift that fits their style. Their shopping is fast, and they offer free returns all the way into next year. Not that you'll need it. Check out Movement's biggest sale of the year with fast, free shipping and free returns by going to MVMT.com slash JTrain. Let me say that again. M as in Mary, MVMT.com slash JTrain. Fast, free shipping and free returns. It's their biggest sale of the year. MVMT.com slash JTrain. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Jessica Camerata. Go, go, go at an indigo day on Instagram. An indigo day.com. Go, go, go. Let's do this email. Okay. Let's do.
1: Do mostly women or men write into you?
0: Mostly women. It started with mostly men. And the questions were like kind of in the same way, like changing, you know, if you like, I'm sure you know, like over the last nine years of doing your blog, like the audience changes, what they want, what they come there for. So like we were mostly men. then like more women started listening to podcasts and then they would find this podcast and they just really enjoyed, like this is another female email. They just really enjoyed hearing Kind of like uh, the other side and also like the discussion. I think a lot of men, like the discussion of it for them isn't as fun or it's more simple for them. Like a lot of the guy emails we used to get were like, how do I fuck? Like it was just like pretty plain and simple. Um, J train. But the the women ones are always like depthy. Like there's stuff to unpack. Like this one's called dating on election day. Like what?
1: (laughs) She got off her couch on Election Day?
0: Okay. I mean, J-Trade, love your podcast, and uh, you've been having some great a guests lately. Thanks for keeping us entertained. Topical dating questions. What do you think of a significant other who won't share who they voted for? We've been dating since January. We've had some charged discussions about politics this year. We ultimately have the same core values, but while I'm more inclined to think politics can make it – More inclined to think politics can make a difference, he tends to think all sides are the same and equally bad. Anyways, he's refusing to tell me who he voted for. I'm really agitated at the way he's been so dismissive. He'll just be like, I don't need to have an explanation. I'm keeping it private. While that may make it seem... Like, oh, he obviously voted for someone you'd be pissed about or didn't vote at all. I don't think that's necessarily the case. It feels like a power move since he knows how much it's bugging me. I know it's really up to me if this is something that I can be okay with, but just curious about your perspective on it. Thank you for your perspective as always. Now, I think this is a very interesting question. Jessica, what do you think? I, I know you're politically inclined. You post some polit- political stuff. You've been getting people out there in Atlanta. Like yes. that's
1: Georgia has flipped. I'm fucking there, so,
0: so my girlfriend's actually from the Atlanta, you know, Atlanta area. So I'm familiar a little bit with the surroundings and the flipping and all the stuff that's going on politically. So what do you think uh, about a guy who won't reveal it?
1: I, I would dump him because it means he voted for Trump. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that's the
0: only that's the only explanation to this because que- she's I think she's holding on to it to me. I, I mean, I don't know. She doesn't say who she voted for, but it, it sounds like the way it's written. Well, she's like there's a glimmer of hope that but- I that he didn't vote. For. She's saying it I, the when she writes, I don't think that's necessarily the case. It feels like a power move. Could it could this ever be not that he voted for a candidate she doesn't like?
1: Listen, anybody who is not telling you who they voted for, it's because they voted for Trump. I think that's something okay. that we all kind of agree on. Um, I, I know plenty of those people who won't tell you or who are like, oh, I haven't decided. And it's like, well, it's pretty fucking clear where you should be going. But um, <laughs> I, I can't imagine that this is a power move that he just thinks is maybe thinks it's funny. Is that possible?
0: I guess I mean the, there's a point where the joke wears itself out, you know. Like there's a point. Like I can understand where this is. I could see how this starts in flirty zone where it's like I'm not telling you, and it's a joke, and it's an inside joke, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, right, if I can give it to me, what's going on here? the 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 issue is is really less, I guess, who he voted for, but like the idea that you're having these charged political conversations. I think that can be healthy, but I think that also becomes unhealthy when someone's just having them to have them.
1: Right. I think there's I think good, constructive political conversations are great. I am Mm. open to having them. I I have learned from people on the other side. And for a backstory, I've even mostly voted Republican and have recently become a diehard Biden fan. But Mm. I think that. There are there are good conversations that can happen, but like these, a charged political conversation that doesn't sound very fun at all.
0: What? Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I the one thing I will say is I I think that's an interesting perspective where you voted Republican in the past. Yeah. You are now a huge Biden fan. That some would say like there I and I think the fear is and I'm sh- sure you've dealt with it like the people attack people for even changing.
1: Yeah. Oh, Over- that, I, I got a try I remember when I shared that information, I also shared the information, um, in 2016. So because I live in Georgia, we're a red state in 2016. Mm. I didn't like either one of them. I was probably going to vote for Trump. So I was like, Oh cool. A businessman. But then he said, grab him by the pussy. And I was like, Nope, not happening. Okay. I, like, I didn't really love Hillary. So I was like, you know what? It's a red state. Nothing's going to fucking change. So I wrote my dog in and okay. the hate messages I got for that were ridiculous. So, it happens but also why i've been more vocal this year is because i think it is important and look what happened in georgia so it is important i learned my lesson so don't fucking dm me about it well
0: (laughs) well i think what you're saying is actually like the idea that what you're saying is brave is crazy but it is because people feel the need to like backtrack and it becomes this like uh, like they want to take the moral superiority to you. They'll say, well, you wrote it in your dog, so what could you know? As yeah. if there, there's such a thing. And like we see these memes all the time. Like I saw this meme and I loved it where it was like, let's appreciate changing your mind when presented with new information. Like like that is the the, the idea of having critical thought and changing your position after thinking things through and being presented with new, uh, new ideas and new information and then make like... I, I think I kind of live in this world of net positives. Yeah. Like what's the net? Is there a net positive or is what you're doing net negative and attacking you for a, having a past, <laughs> like as if you're the presidential candidate, like is net negative to me. Like you've come to someone's side and it's like, this happens in dating. This happens in politics where it's like once a cheater, always a cheater. Well, the situation was this and this and that, and I made a mistake. I don't want to cheat on anybody, but now I'm with this person, and I've fallen in love, and I feel so differently about... I can't even imagine cheating now. Like, again, that's in the same way. Like, where... Are you going to not... Uh, let's look in the world of net positives or net negatives. Are you going to not speak to someone who has cheated before? Right. If, if they're made for you? Like, I... I so I'm, I'm with you. I like the idea of having rational thought. I, I think... When you're someone in this email not revealing to your partner, you're not really looking for net positives.
1: Right. And I just don't understand, though, why... I mean, she must know how he voted if they've had these political conversations because typically you're leading a different way or you have a different opinion and it reflects typically who you put on the ticket. So I think she needs to ask herself, does it bother her who she voted for? I don't even think... like. I think it's super annoying. He's not telling her. I can't imagine. Dating yeah. somebody Who wouldn't tell me who they voted
0: for. I mean, I also don't want to date anyone that I have even a thought where they're doing power moves. Yeah. Like if, if there's ever a thought that crosses my mind that my girlfriend is trying to like get hand in the relationship or have a power move or hold something over my head, that's not healthy. That's not fun. That's not a conversation. I, I do believe. And I, listen, I do believe everyone has their list of things they look at. Like with, with you saying, like when you say in 2016, I didn't vote like, because I I'm thinking this is a red state. I whatever. And it's like a list has been made. Uh, your list is different than my list. So the idea that's like, listen, there's I'm, I'm positive. There's people that voted for Trump that listen to this podcast because it's, you know, quite literally, forty-five percent of the country, or whatever a percentage of the country, forty-eight percent, whatever it is. So, the idea that, like, how do you get better off? Um, you know, talking to people, understanding that their list doesn't really, you know, their list. A lot of people. If someone's like, I've, if someone said to me, I make more money for my family in a given year because I voted, I would go, okay, I understand how you came to that conclusion. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say. Well, you're a racist. I, I I think like they've overlooked things. Yeah. Of but uh, of course, but that makes up their social makeup. So like, and again, someone could look at me and go, "Wow, Jared, you're just okay with race." I'm not saying that. You right. know, I'm saying I understand. I can understand a one when someone votes based on one thing.
1: Totally. And I, I've had good conversation conversations with readers who said, you know, my I'm a I'm a one. What's the word I'm looking for? One. One
0: topic. One one issue voter. Is that what it is? Yeah,
1: single issue voter. Something like yeah. That. I've had people tell me, you know, I'm pro life, so I'm just always going to vote that way, and there's nothing sure. going to chip away at that for them. And I don't understand it, but it's 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 how they are. It's who they are. It's what they are. Just so die hard about, and you just.
0: But that I them. can that I can understand more than someone goes. But what about this? I'm like, I'm not no be the one thing yeah or 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 don't try and like catch me in some sort like this is to me when you say that this person's trying to hold something over your head or trying to say you have politically it's like that's not a healthy thing and it's like to me if they can't say to you here's my reason and you either love me still or you don't then they don't respect you enough to be able to see you for the person you are based beyond who you voted for yeah. So like they don't even respect your opinion. So you, I think that's a reason enough to get out.
1: I would say so, along with a few others, but I would say that's a pretty big one.
0: <laughs> the J Train podcast is brought to you by Fun. The winter box is on sale now. I love FabFitFun. I love that. You know what I love about it? It's, the best type of gift to get someone because you're not just attached to this one thing. You can give them a bunch of different things and uh, just little items. And what the best part about these items is one of them is going to become a part of their their life. And it's going to become a part of yours. I'm telling you, you look in this box and you're going to have one thing that you're going to go, wow, now this is a part of my routine. I love that they have, listen, I'm going through some of these items and daily concepts, daily facial dry brush. That's something both Jess and I use. She puts it in the shower and she's using the brush and then I'm scrubbing underneath my feet and stuff. Uh, wish lip scrub and vanilla bean, uh, below the belt, crop belt, croc card case. It's a, cro- it's a red croc card case. Perfect for carrying on, you know, on your person Um, look at this, cutting boards, a set of four, a non-slip backing grip so you can cut your veggies, fruits, and more with ease. See, there's so many, apple cider vinegar, dry shampoo powder. This is, you know, what I love about this is there's so many different things. Cabin socks, flight mode, skincare, high altitude hydration mask, uh, Dr. Brandt skincare, Boroderm abrasion, Lucky Brand Solid Brush Scarf, they got ceramic mugs from Lily Pulitzer. It looks like a sorority girl, these mugs. I got to say, I love what FabFitFun does because if you're going to do it for yourself, it allows you to not feel so guilty about getting a bunch of stuff in one package. And maybe one of those things. And I'm not just maybe. I'm pro, I'm gonna say to you right now. One of these things is gonna be a part of your life. And it's all stuff that you pass by in the store, and you kind of feel like, ah, oh, do I deserve it? Should I buy it? Should I get it? And Fat Fit Fun puts it in a huge package to make you feel good about what you're getting. And also, what a great gift! So you're not, you know, someone's gonna open this up, and they get to have that moment. I love every. Nothing feels better than when I watch Jess go through a FabFitFun box. I love watching her pick it out, see the things she loves, see the things that are good, see the things that are new, and she picks through it. It's like a raccoon going through the trash can. I love it. FabFitFun is passionate about showcasing amazing women. There are 16 female-founded brands are in the winter box this season. You can choose from a wide variety of products when you order. I I, I went through all the products. You can get seasonal must-haves without leaving home. Is this your first box or your 12th? Box. box or no box this season. Tell listeners why you're a fan. I'm a big fan. I've said I'm a huge fan. I, I, listen, I, 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 <laughs> I'm I a huge fan of Fapy fun You know this. I just like the idea of getting a big box of stuff where you can feel good about. Something can become a part of your month, and another thing can become a part of your life. And order your winter box today. Sign up now so you can snag amazing products like the Marshmallow Blanket, or Laura Geller cinnamon and spice eyeshadow palette when you customize so you can customize it's not just just stuck in one box you can go through all the little you know pick and choose and and it's like being in a store from the comfort of your own couch and the safety of your own home use coupon code JTRAIN 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 that's coupon code JTRAIN for $10 off your first box fabfitfun.com that's coupon code JTRAIN for $10 off your first box at fabfitfun.com and customize the best gift you can give your J train podcast at gmail.com J train podcast at gmail.com here with Jessica Camerata. Co go go at an indigo day An indigo day.com An indigo day on Pinterest. I, I'm just learning about the great world of Pinterest. It's great. Um, let's do this email. You we want to do email?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay.
0: Okay. So this, this would be a question that might annoy you on a date, but it's a question that came into this podcast. This is an advice podcast. Okay. Do you think it says, I'm a 34-year-old guy. Do I need a skincare routine? Yes. Best. Survive this long.
1: Oh, I love this <laughs> question because I love skincare and I think men should most definitely have a skincare routine. Do you have a skincare really? routine?
0: I have no skincare routine and it bothers my girlfriend and my perspective because every woman I've ever dated has a bed skincare routine. Okay. I have no skincare routine, but look at like, I feel pretty confident in my skin. I know a lot of people, I, I appreciate that, but I know a lot of people don't have confidence in their skin are looking for ways. I mean, you've helped people. I'm sure over the blog of the last yeah. 9 years with skincare stuff especially when you when you put ma- i think the male female thing to this is actually interesting <laughs> like because i my perspective is stress causes breakouts so not thinking of skincare routines is why i don't have a skincare problem
1: well not quite stress is okay. a <laughs> small a small part of it but so is just, you know, if you touch your face a lot, if you, you know, are out and about, there's shit in the air, sure. and like the pollution gets in your skin. I think all men should. So wait, you don't even wash your face in like the shower.
0: Here's what I do. And this will bother <laughs> so many people because I know it bothers my girlfriend. And it's like I get in the shower, I'll put the shampoo in my hair and then I take the shampoo, scrub my face with it and I'm done and I'm out. That's it. And. I'll shave after I'm done shaving. I, I learned from Queer Eye growing up that after you're done shaving, you should just rinse your face with cold water because it closes up the pores or something. Yep. And that I learned that from Queer Eye like years ago. And I've taken that information and I've run with it, so I do it after I shave. And that's pretty much it. Well,
1: listen, I, not everybody has great skin. And if, if this guy maybe has a few blemishes or just wants to try to get into a decent skincare routine, because listen, I will say, you men are so lucky in that you age really well and you guys look better as you get older, whereas women, we just don't. And it sucks. And that's why we're so (laughs) obsessed with skincare. Um, Well,
0: also, the makeup must play a big part in this. You're putting things on your face.
1: in your pores constantly. So you've got to clean it out. But I mean, you still, I think everybody should at least do three things. Okay. So you should cleanse your skin, which if your shampoo is your cleanser, then... Go with it. I don't know what to okay. tell you with that one. Um, and then, if you really want to amp up your skincare routine, using a toner is one of the like secrets to a skincare routine. And so, whatever your shampoo didn't get off of your face, the toner will remove any excess dirt, dead skin, etc.
0: Then, is it before bed,
1: after you wash your face, anytime okay. you wash your face, you do okay. it right after. And then, after that, you can use a moisturizer with SPF. So you should be using okay. a moisturizer with SPF because that for <laughs> one, skincare is a thing. I mean, skin cancer is a thing.
0: I agree. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a skin ca- cancer denier.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do think every guy should be using some sort of moisturizer with an SPF in it. And if you can do those three things and you can cleanse in the shower, you don't have to like do it at the sink or whatever, do it in the shower. Um, and then tone and a moisturizer with SPF.
0: That's- so I think this is fan. This is what an Indigo Day is all about. This oh. is uh, th- this is the type of lifestyle information that we would go to for. And I appreciate this. Have you ever met a guy where you think, "Oh God, he needs toner"? Like, have you ever, like, you know what I mean? Oh, like,
1: I- right? I haven't. You're fucking right. So maybe <laughs> you don't need the toner.
0: But well, no, I'm not trying to disagree with you. I'm, I'm saying I. I think it's so interesting because like there's so many times in my life where I'm like, maybe I like how would I know if someone's looking at my face being like, look at this stupid guy's stupid skin, you know, like,
1: well, you know, if if you have breakouts, if your pores are a little dirty looking, you know, I have personally giant ass pores. They're massive and stuff just gets in them. And so I have to get it out. And it requires I didn't
0: even know you could have big pores
1: oh my pores are gigantic they're disgusting <laughs> but like some women do and some people don't and it's just like the way it works but because I have giant pores I have very oily skin and so I have a skincare routine so it depends if this guy has you know a perfectly clear face his pores are you know small then screw him he has perfect skin and doesn't really need sure. much. sure but I really some do- people
0: are luckier than others that, that's exactly. just the way it works.
1: Like if you want to do it absolute bare minimum, cleanse your fucking face and use an SPF moisturizer. That would be like. There we go. Bare minimum.
0: Jtrainpodcasts at gmail.com. J-Train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Jessica Camerata. Go at an Indigo Day on Instagram. An um Let's. Let's do. Okay. Um, this person, this is a dude email. Okay. And I want to get your opinion. I'll send you the, the, um, I just sent you the, I'm going to forward you this email. Okay. Cause I want you to have the screenshot that I'm looking at. And I don't know if I've seen this, but I want to see if you have seen this and have any thoughts on it. Okay. I'm forwarding you right now
1: it's not like a dick pic is
0: it are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> what do you think i'm doing here i run a business too what do you think i'm sending out dick pics to people this is i want so this is can i get a ruling it's from a dude okay
1: i haven't gotten it yet
0: i sent it it's your old i you got my invite so yeah i got this
1: it'll come there we go all right
0: okay can I get a ruling? What's your take on using a line like this on a dating app? I see regular I see this regularly on women's profiles, but I'm sure men write this too. I think this shows up sometime after 30. Is it BS or is it a legitimate position to take? And it's I guess it's a response to what are you looking for? And here's the what they're writing. I will recognize what I'm looking for when I find it. What do you think of this response on a dating app to what I'm looking for? I
1: I think it's pretty accurate. And I'm probably sure that's not the response they wanted to hear. <laughs> I no, think this is
0: what they want perspective. They want honesty. You're giving it right now.
1: I have to say, I may steal this line. Are a lot of women using this in dating apps?
0: I would understand. It's It's interesting to me that women are putting that up. Because, because I've
1: never seen a guy use that.
0: I would think this is more of a male thing to put up because I would think that maybe men are getting asked, oh, what are you looking for to get to maybe uproot the people looking for hookups? But that's an easy lie to tell because if someone said, what are you looking for to me? The easy answer is, well, I'm looking to meet someone new and have fun. And if something goes well, then obviously I would get in a relationship, but only if it's the right person. Like that's an easy way to answer that.
1: Isn't that the exact same thing as I'll recognize what I'm looking for when I see it?
0: Absolutely. And this is a man sending this in. But this, to me, is a harsher way of saying it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's pretty spot on because I think women are at least for – I think most people who are on dating apps are getting on because they want to have fun. Mm. They want to, you know, get laid. They want to go on a date. They maybe want to find a relationship. They don't really know exactly. I mean, I think a lot of people want to find their true soulmate and all of that. But like when you get on a dating app, you just don't know yet. Like you're just sort of figuring it out. You may go on a date. Like, I don't know what I'm looking for yet. And I don't, I can't like bullet point exactly what I'm looking for. Like, yeah, I'm looking for a guy who's nice, who likes his family, who, you know, enjoys going for walks with their dog. Like there are th- obviously like things that you.
0: Ha- has nice style without having to be asked if it's nice style.
1: Exactly. But like <laughs> that, that one little thing that like is going to hook you. You don't know what it is until it's right in front of you.
0: Sure. And it, and I, I know a lot of women have written into this podcast and I, I would, I would like to know if you've had this experience where guys do ask, what are you looking for on here? Have for- you gotten asked that question? Yeah.
1: But like, it's such an—I feel like it's an unfair question. Unless you're truly only on a dating app just to sleep around, or you're truly on a dating app to you know, just have fun. But like, I just think you—you you go on dates just not knowing where it's going to go, and you just go on them. It, I, maybe that's just me. Maybe it's just more of like a rational way to look at it. But like, I,
0: I think what you're saying is exactly right. I think when men ask, "What are you looking for on here?" they're hoping that the response is to casually hook up with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, so I, I think this, putting this in your profile is a response to yeah. that guy who keeps asking that question where they're like, I'll find out when I find, when I get, you know, because what you're saying is correct, male or female. Yeah. You go on the date to see how the vibe is. The vibe might turn in one way or another, but the problem is dating apps were created to make lazy people lazier. So, the laziest type of dude who's looking to like fall into a casual hookup where they're like, oh, what are you looking for on here? The, he's asking that to make it even lazier for him. And it's like all these apps were made so you can be out there without going out there. Right. And that's why they were created by, you know, and I don't want, I don't mean to offend anybody, but they were created by, you know, people who were socially. Not as skilled, yeah. You know, they. You know, look at who invents these things. Right. It's not the cool jock who was out. You know. You know, at prom, it was probably the person that didn't go to prom right. that invented these apps. And because they were looking for an easier way to converse with someone that was hard for them to converse with, again. So then that trickles down the line. Now, jock, Mc. You know, McLeather jacket, who did go to prom. It's like, well, I'm out here to fuck, so I'm just going to ask everyone what they're looking for until I get the answer I want to hear. Yeah. So I do understand I'll recognize what I'm looking for when I find it. They put the bomb emoji because they're like, boom, stop asking the fucking question.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I just I think we all if we're going to be on a dating app, we have to recognize that you just a, lo- a lot of people are there just to hook up. And you never sure. know what's going to turn into something. And there are also people who are on there who are looking for a husband or a wife, but at the same time, if they're going on dates solely to be like, is this my husband on date one? It's just like, that person's just a little crazy then. It's like you have to first screw out and you just don't know. And the person who you go on a handful of date with and, and hook up with may be just that person for you at that moment. And somebody who comes along afterwards on the dating app may be the one you just don't know. And you really don't know until you, are in front of them, like person to person out in the wild, you know, behind a a screen. You can't make, you can't say that. I feel like.
0: Well, I mean, and something you said, I think people only ask, what are you looking for to avoid conflict? They're trying to avoid discomfort, the discomfort of finding out that someone's not on there to find the one, the discomfort of finding out, you know, later on that the person that they've gone on three dates with, Oh, I'm not ready for a relationship they're avoiding that excuse, which is really, I'm not ready for a relationship with you.
1: Right. But then I guess it's just the polite way of having it in your profile saying, I'm just here to hook up. Like if,
0: I mean that profile would again, like that's again, that's a lazy person. Like, you know, like that, that's a person who doesn't even want to go out with someone who isn't there to hook up. You know, like, and, and also if you're on there looking for a bigger relationship or you, you're not going to change someone's mind because you're there for looking for bigger and better. Right. Like, you know, if you go on there and again, this is all comes down to standards. If you go on one date and you had a great time and you end up hooking up, that's fine. That doesn't mean you have to like, you're, you're in a life of meeting them at two in the morning and hang out on their couch for the rest of your life. No, the next date could be a better date. Right. It could be a bigger, you know, it's, I, it, it's interesting that there's like cause and effect. Like this guy is setting this in being like, I think it happens in their thirties. No, it happens after they've been asked seven different times. What are you looking for on here? And the answer just is never good enough for people.
1: Right. And so like, what is, I wonder what he's looking for the answer to be when he asks that. Cause he didn't tell us.
0: Well, I he said, I think this shows up sometime after 30. Is it BS or is it a legitimate position to take? It's the most legitimate position to take, but they're only taking it because they've been forced into that position to take it. Like, I think he's seeing this as, again, I said it was a harsh way to put it. There's a more political way to say it, but if you're getting that question all the time, I can understand how someone's annoyed and they're like, well, this is an easy thing to answer. I'm on a dating app to, you know, I'll recognize when I find it. Yeah. I don't know. I think she should,
1: I-, I think she should choose a different prompt in the dating app so that like, if, if you're a woman and you have that in your dating app, I think you should pick something else that better reflects your personality, your yeah. morals, your values. Like I think you're wasting space with that.
0: Too. I think I think any amount of, like, if someone asks you, what are you looking for on here? It's okay to not answer that person and move on. Like, they're obviously yeah. someone that you shouldn't maybe even talk. If you're annoyed at that question, then you're annoyed with the person who would ask it. So it's okay to, like, disregard them and not answer. I agree with you. Like, let's find, let's look for the positivity in the profile. Let's find a way to make the profile so glowing that, it, and it's so you that someone gets to know you a little bit more and and is attracted to, like, yeah. going out with you.
1: Right, and so they want to like talk to you and are intrigued by you. That's the that's the whole goal of a dating profile is to try to get interest.
0: That's not super fucking interesting. And and get interest from people that you would want interest from. It's okay. I think a profile also is good to like get rid of some people.
1: Oh, totally. It's a way to filter out the things that don't align with you. So I think she absolutely. I think if women are using this, I think they should delete it and change it to something better. Like people. be better than that. male or
0: male or female i i think that it, it goes for both like i think any amount of negativity and this i know they don't mean it to be negative but it does come off negative
1: yeah in a, in a sense totally
0: jtrain podcast at gmail.com Train podcast at gmail.com jessica this was so fantastic thank you for doing this i
1: had so much fun this is great
0: this is great everyone 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 at an indigo day Indigo An indigoday.com. Go follow. Go get involved. It's going to be all over my social media. I know I fucked it up at the beginning. I'm sorry. <laughs> A- at an indigo day and an indigoday.com. I'm Jared Freed. We are here Mondays and Thursdays. Keep spreading the word. Keep telling your friends, your coworkers, your brothers, your sisters. We'll be back next week. Boom. Hello and welcome to Coffee with J Train. This is J Train. Jared Freed coming to you live From the quarantine cabin on the Lower East Side of Manhattan, every Sunday with your Patreon membership, we, you know, go through the notes. This is my favorite podcast to do. I actually saved it today because, one, I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. And two, I, I was in New York this weekend. I didn't travel, really. I was in New Jersey. We'll get to that later. And... I wanted to, you know, see what this was like to do a nighttime coffee with J Train. We should, we can call it bourbon with J Train because I got a little, I got a bourbon sitting with me. I just like saying that. Yeah, that is half the reason to drink the drink that you get. I think for men, that's a big thing. Ah, I like a bourbon neat. Like, doesn't that sound sexier than? I'll have a vodka soda. Like, doesn't that? I think there's many men who do this. I I have this theory every Halloween, where there's this version of dude, and I am not this dude, but I understand where it comes from. I'm not above this dude because here's the thing about guys is that we all want to look hot. We all want to be sexy. We all want to be uh, lusted after. We just don't want to admit that we're attempting to be lusted after. We want to look good. And it's really kind of funny. Like every guy you're seeing out that you're like, look what he's wearing or look what he's done with his hair or look at his eyebrows. He thinks that will get him laid. There's no dressing for other friends with me and so I can't understand so I don't think it's that way for other men as well I can't speak for everybody but I can say again I say this on the podcast all the time I'm closer I'm closer to someone's feelings than I'm not I'm 10 away I'm dressing to look good so that I you know see my girlfriend's face kind of turn as I that's why I had the mustache for a while. I walked in the bedroom with a mustache and Jess looked at me like I was a piece of steak, just licking her chops. It was gross. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I felt wronged by the look in her eye. No, I, I, I'm just saying. This is what men do. This. So my theory with Halloween is that every— And I tweet this every year, and it never does well. In, it never does well as well as I think it's true, is that there's this dude that will dress up as a pirate— because he wants to look sexy. That's the only reason to dress as a pirate. You put on eyeliner, you go, oh, my eyes kinda pop with this. You put on the bandana, you got the open shirt, you put on a bunch of jewels, you look like uh, Mystery, the pickup artist guy. That's why Mystery, the pickup artist, dressed like that. That's what men think look good. We think an open shirt with a few rings on our finger, (laughs) like we are idiots, but I'm just saying, that's why, and, and look, you have to look for the pirate every Halloween. That is a dude who's attempting to be hot. There's no funny pirate. There's just brooding, hot, sexy Johnny Depp pirate. The same goes, I think, for alcohol choice. I'll have a beer. I'll have a Budweiser. Like, there's a certain brand of dude Who's making those decisions based on an aesthetic? What speaks to women? That's the answer to all your... What do women like? This is the answer to all your questions. Why is he driving that car, he thought? A woman would like it more than the other one he could afford. I'll have a bourbon. Neat. So I'm drinking a bourbon, which sounds cooler than it is because I'm drinking it going... After every sip... Does that make sense? Does that show on podcast? <clears throat> Making a Jewy face every time like, oh, it tastes kind of fun. I like a bourbon when the ice melts a little bit and it gets a little watered down. That's the way <laughs> that makes it sound less sexy. I'll have a bourbon on the rocks, but let the rocks melt a little bit. So that a little bit of water gets in the bourbon, so that I don't make a, a, a an icky face when I drink it. Man, I could ruin anything. Coffee with J Train, bourbon with J Train every Sunday with your Patreon membership. I, I mean, I spend probably 90% of my time online right now looking at, you know, social media stuff, making judgments. And then about 10% of my time is uh, a little bit of um, retail therapy. I like to look, I'm a big fill the cart, you know, decide not to get it guy because I don't know if it's going to fit. So I've been, again, many of you may know that I have been, the last six months or so, I've started buying old Super Bowl hats. And some of them I love. I'm looking at one right now. This one with the teal on it and the big XXX on the cross the front is a beautiful looking hat. Um, love this hat. Uh, I started looking at Rose Bowl hats today and some of them are very cool and I see one that I want, but then Jess gets mad at me. She, I, We're in the zone where it's like, what else? We have nowhere to put things. We have nowhere to go with some of these items. So, I know that if I order the hat, I'll have to open it in front of her and she'll get mad at me and say, we got to throw away all the hats. And like, that's where the discussion goes. So that's holding me back. I did, Jess and I, about two, two and a half weeks ago, we were watching the movie Heavyweights. If you don't know the movie Heavyweights, it's on Disney Plus right now. It's a fantastic movie. I know every line from the movie. I know even the cheesy lines that make you cringe a little bit like I know every line because I've seen it a thousand times it's about a a bunch of uh, it's about a fat camp that gets taken over by Ben Stiller who's a crazy fitness guy that's the whole premise and they have to defeat him and then they take over the camp and they eat all the candy and it's it's a movie that there's no way that could be made today. There's no way they could be like, okay, we're going to have a fat camp and then there's going to be a fitness guy who makes fun of them for being fat and then they take over the fitness guy and they rule. And, and the thing is, like, I understand that it couldn't be made in 2020 just because of like the feelings that would get hurt but it is an inspirational story. These guys even though it, it lives in a reality where it's like these guys are the are kind of the nerds and they're going to take over and they're going to win the day and they're going to learn something about themselves. Is does these movies even exist anymore? The the rea- the fact that we can't reality is how you learn the lesson. That's how the you can the, the fact that you can't have a fun movie about a fat camp because even though even the phrase fat camp feels offensive. Me saying it, I feel like someone's gonna go, Jared, it's called Overweight Workout Summer Program. Like, I I feel like, because, and again, I I don't know if I'm being fashioned by these people that don't really even exist, or what, but I, I, if you can't have that movie, then how do you, does every, I guess the feedback would be, that not, you know, knowing that you're the underdog, there would be a kid out there that could be overweight and not know the, the underdog. And then this movie would teach you that you are a loser. Like, I, I guess, which is a horrible moment. If you're just walking around, that kind of happens in the movie. Gerald Gardner he is coming home and they're like hey you're gonna go to and he's they're they're like hey we're gonna they show him a video of the camp and he's like wow this camp's pretty cool and then they get to the part where they're like it's a fat camp and he goes are you sending me to fat camp i'm not fat and you're like and that's like the whole joke is that he's finding out he's overweight in this moment so we watch this movie i love this movie you should all go watch uh heavyweights, it's on Disney Plus, it's it's fucking hilarious, it's ridiculous, Ben Stiller is perfect, Ben Stiller basically plays the same part in Dodgeball, he's doing the same exact character, he got paid twice, and no one really even noticed or cared that he did the same character twice in two different movies, so, but his name is Tony Perkis, okay, Tony Perkis is his name and it's called the Perkis program. Jess, what's it called in the shirt? What she's not here listening to me. So the Perkis program and we're watching heavyweights and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting a Tony Perkis t-shirt. I'm getting a Perk- the one that they wear in the movie. So I go online, I search Perkis t-shirt, they have them. I found one in a tri-blend, which I've always wanted to try a tri-blend shirt. I've heard that they're more comfortable, looks better on you t-shirt. Again, if any of you have been listening for a long period of time, you know I've been on the hunt for a perfect t-shirt my whole life. I live a life where t-shirts have always been too short or too long and never fit me so I'm like maybe this is the one and I order it and it comes later than I thought it, it took a lot longer and I and I'm like I want to wear this shirt I want to I want to take it for a spin and I take it out of the package and the neck collar is bent now you're like Jared could you throw it in the wash and see if it would unbend I did that threw it in the wash, it's still bent, there's something, it, it actually looks like, and I don't mean to be too vulgar, it looks like uh, semen has gotten on the collar and hardened it into a bending shape, so it would bother the shit out of me, the problem becomes, I got it from some t-shirt thing that's like one of those Google t-shirt things, like, I, 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 and I think there are some people out there that are really good at returning things. I think some people, that is their whole game. Like they're like Jess is that way where she'll order and I think this is a lot of women where they're like, I'll order it, see if I like it, and I'll return it. Like to me, that is like saying, Oh, we'll climb half of uh Mount Everest and then we'll do the other half once we put 25 pounds on our back. Like the idea of me ordering something to probably return it is like I would turn around right away. I'd be like, ah, forget it. The idea of, oh, maybe it won't fit. If there's a maybe it won't fit, like it's either getting worn or going in the garbage is my thought process. But it's going to take me about a month to put in the garbage because I'm going to go, I don't want to put in the garbage. I should return it. Should I figure this out? I should print out the slip. And it's like, again, I'm a lazy asshole idiot and, now I'm sitting here with a shirt that I do need to return, that I, I got, you know, the part of the blessing of living with someone who's better than you, and I think Jess is more, is way less, it has no laziness, not one lazy bone in her body. She's just looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, return it, stop it, don't be such an idiot. That's the beauty of living with anyone, is that a pair of eyes that you feel a little judgment on you. You feel a little shame. So if you ever see me in this Tony Perkins shirt, look at the collar. If you see a good collar, that means I've returned and I've become a better person because of my significant other. If you if you see a shitty collar, I'm the same old shitty mate. That's 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 uh that's all you need to know. Coffee with J Train. Bourbon with J Train. Every Sunday with your Patreon membership. We ordered Chinese food tonight. I love Chinese food. I it is it actually depresses me if I have a Sunday night without an Asian food. Do you think they know that in Asia? Do they think do you think they know in China the emotional connection that most Jews have with their food? That's not even their food. It's an Americanized Chinese food with just the idea of having something from their country on a Sunday night. Like, it is, to me, that is Thanksgiving. That is, uh, you know, the 4th of July. That's going to the beach. That is ingrained in me. And I wonder if they're sitting there in China and they're like, can you believe these Jews? They fucking, they love us. Like, I, and I... I've seen every my favorite um meme is that they'll have um because Jews get Chinese food on Christmas, there's a meme that goes around every Christmas where it's like a, a note on a Chinese food restaurant door that's like, We don't know your we don't know your practices, we don't know your religion, but thank you, Jews, for making us part of your night. Like it's it's so funny to me. And it's like I <laughs> I feel that completely. That is all I I all I want and and you know, Jess and I have almost broken up a few times because she's not a big Chinese food Sunday night person. I, I look at her a different way every time she's like, no, let's do pizza. And I'm like, what are we? You know, I want to like blow up and go crazy and be like I should move out. But I don't do that. I I, I but the Chinese food on Sunday night, so we got Chinese food tonight. Here's my problem. I'm used to, and and when I say Chinese food, it is an Americanized Chinese food. These are, like, I think the 60s. There There is a history here. Because a lot of these restaurants are born, a lot of the, you know, the ones that you would go into, a Chinese restaurant... They're born of like the 60s or 70s. They all have like a South Pacific theme for some reason. And I think because it was just South Pacific was like in I don't know. I think it's because that maybe that play was popular. There was a there was a legitimate Chinese food place near me growing up called South Pacific. We used to go all the time. But they all kind of have that tiki vibe. Like I don't know what was going on. And there's a place in LA that has a ooh. And I didn't think it was like a northeast um, they have a show. Oh, I really want to get it. Um, damn it. I'm never going to find this while I'm talking to you guys, but I never knew it as a North. It's, it's, it's also a very Northeast thing. I didn't know this until you start to travel a little bit. There's a place in LA where they lit. Okay. So to go back. So, in like, I think all of these have, like, a South Pacific tiki vibe. Um, and then I am used to Boston Chinese food. And I didn't think, I thought that was just Northeast. But if you, when I moved to New York, the Chinese food here ain't as good. It's different. They don't give you duck sauce and mustard as much. You have to ask for it. Boston, they'll fill you up with duck sauce and mustard. Then I came to New York, and then they have cold sesame noodles here. That's not something I've ever even gotten at home. Then you go to LA, I go to LA and I did a show in a Chinese food restaurant, Genghis Khan. Genghis, Genghis something. Genghis Cohen, boom, I knew I loved the name. It's called Genghis Cohen, okay? How funny is that? Instead of Genghis Khan, it's called Genghis Cohen. Because and it's a Americanized Chinese food can't get any better than Genghis Cohen. So I want to go to the website. So I did a show at Genghis Cohen once and I didn't know um, that I thought Chinese food was just Chinese food. Like I knew it was Americanized. I knew they didn't have fucking chicken fingers in China. Like I knew that wasn't something that was going on. Um, and I knew they didn't have duck sauce and mustard in China. I've talked about that here. There's no duck sauce in China. I'm telling you right now. Okay. And when you ask for it, they're like, we'll bring you a duck. Like, like it's not going to happen. I went to China. I know. Okay. So I always thought that the Northeast, uh, that American Chinese food was just American Chinese food. Then I go to LA and I go to this place, Genghis Cohen for a, um, for a show because they have a stage in the back. And I think it was Blair Saki who has the show. And uh, Greta uh, Title, uh, Greta Van Susteren. No, Greta... I'm blanking on all this stuff. I'm apologizing. It's that bourbon. Greta Titleman So who's been on the podcast, both her and... So they used to run a show in the back of Genghis Cohen. And I always thought, and then I got there. So let's read the description of Genghis Cohen. A Fairfax District original, Genghis Cohen has been serving NYC-style Chinese food to Angelinos and out-of-towners alike since 1983. So again, New York-style Chinese food. Like, that's a crazy phrase. And... Founded by music producer Alan Rind, this was his ode to a cuisine readily available in his hometown of NYC, but harder to come by out west. Under the current ownership of two native New Yorkers, we look to continue to offer the same level of excellence our customers have come to expect. For years, Genghis Cohen has been recognized for the quality of our dishes along with our world-famous foo drinks. With a refined atmosphere and a cour- uh, courteous service, we look to offer you gracious... Di- so... I walked into here in LA and I think I was there for a few weeks and that's why I did the show and I walked in I was like, oh, I feel at home. I felt comfortable. It's crazy to me that that's something that's supposedly so foreign could feel so, so relatable, so like a warm comforter. And so New York style Chinese food, I just thought was American. So now here's the problem. You got to give duck sauce and mustard. Like, what are we doing here? That's the... And now, when you're looking for places to go for Chinese food, it has been a struggle because I... Jess and I moved downtown. We don't have a place. And when you don't see the place, when you're just seeing... The, play, you know, the place on your seamless, it all kind of looks similar. You need to see a storefront. You want to see the people. You want to see what bags it comes in. And you don't want too nice of Chinese food. Too nice of Chinese food, that's not what you're looking for. Also, you don't want too much of a garbage. You want Chinese food that you go, this is good garbage. And I don't mean that to besmirch anybody, but you want it to be... Uh, greasy enough but not too greasy it is the three bears situation not too greasy not too, not too, not greasy you want you want the soup to be good you want it to come in good containers you want them to give you a lot you don't want just like a little chinese food no and it's so and finally i think tonight we found the place tonight was the night shanghai 42 is that what it was called jess She's still not listening to me. Shanghai 42. I think that was the place that we went to. And I I have to say, it's been a six-month journey since we moved down here. 21. Shanghai Shanghai 21. It's been a journey. And finally, it was funny because tonight, Jess and I looked at each other. We go, this is it. We found our place. And now I'm looking at pictures of it, and it does look like the type of place I would want to go wooden tables not too much you could sit there but you wouldn't want to stay there that's kind of the coffee with j train someone listened to what i just talked about with chinese food and felt good and someone else was listening going i don't know what the fuck he's talking about anymore coffee with j train (laughs) every sunday with your patreon membership I got to say, there's, a, there's this thing right now. Um, uh, this is the last thing I'll talk about. A place called The Creek and the Cave closed. And that is a, com. it was a, Mex- on the subject of restaurants, it was a Mexican, kind of like California, Mexico. What do they call the Baja, you know, California Mexican food. Okay, they did burritos and tacos. Southwestern, Southwestern I don't know if I would call it that. Now you're listening? Okay. So it's a Southwestern... Southwest... No, it's... Baja. Baja. Am I just using a word because you used it? I don't know. They have tacos and burritos. The Creek of the Cave also had two stages, and it's basically where I would say one generation of New York City comics all started. Everybody who started comedy in New York City or moved to New York City has done shows at the creek and the cave. Um, It is in Long Island. It was, I would say, considered where the cool kids went. And you'd be like, Jared, aren't you 35? Did you just say the cool kids? Yeah. Anytime you enter some sort of community, there's a cool kids. And that doesn't mean they're cool. That just means they're in charge. That's it. And I remember when I first started comedy, I was 25 years old. And I used to go to open mics dressed nicely and kind of maybe even sometimes, you know, and just I, I just remember not looking like the other people at the open mic on the majority of times. I would I looked like I came there to stuff them all in lockers. But when you're outnumbered, you're not the cool kid anymore, even though I'm the guy who stuffs you in lockers. They are, you know, outnumber me. But I never really looked at things that way. I didn't think, I didn't know what I looked like when I started doing comedy. And that's a big part of being a comedian is you have to walk in the room and know what these people think about you before they can say it. That's a big part of it. If you do a show for a bunch of older Jews, you have to say, I'm your nephew. I've, you have to say, I know your son. You have to kind of wink and nod. You can't speak to them like you're telling them what's what. If you go into a room full of nerdy comic book, you know, loving types, you have to understand that they look at you and think you're the guy who stuffs them in a locker. So it was always tough for me to go to the creek in the cave. Um, And also, I started comedy in New York City. There's a big difference. It's very hard to start in New York City because everyone moves here from their city after doing it. So if you've been somewhere else doing it for three years and you moved here with your tight 20 minutes from three years of doing comedy in Cincinnati, you're going to be better than me on day one. No question about that. You're the best in your town. You had a reason to leave. I had. I, I started here, so I was just bad. And still, you know, I'm not. I, I try to get better every day. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm saying, at the time, I had zero material going up at the creek in the cave where everyone there, you know, ranged from zero material to their hot twenty minutes. You know, you go in there and you'd see someone doing the open mic that was going to do Conan that week. It was just. It was that type of place. So it was intimidating to a lot of people, and it wasn't inviting to a lot of people because the people who were at the Creek and the Cave were doing it very seriously, and we're taking it very seriously. We're looking to break through and be writing and doing something creative, and everyone there was on was really trying to do it. The most famous person to start at the Creek and the Cave, I think, is Donald Glover. If I'm looking this up. Yeah, he was like the. He was. The, uh, he started before me, so he was, but he was considered like that place's guy. If you listen to last podcast on the left, Creek in the Cave, Michael Che, there all the time, Creek in the Cave, Michelle Wolf, Creek in the Cave, all these people. I'm trying to think of like, you know, everyone who was anyone. Colin Quinn worked out an hour set there, like. People just knew it. And, and again, because everyone that was kind of like the center of all things, it was very intimidating to a lot of people. And I remember trying my hardest to to kind of walk in there with hat in hand. I tried so hard to be a part of that world. And I knew I was like, this ain't going to be they're not ready. I'm not ready and they're not ready. Every time I tried, it felt like I was spinning my wheels. And I didn't have time to convince people that I was going to be funny. I didn't have time to convince people that I should be there with them. I needed to go elsewhere, practice other places, and come back there and choose my spots. But that wasn't going to be home to me. And And I've always felt badly it wasn't my home. I always felt like I wished that I had more of that community there, that I was a little bit more accepted, that I... Again, if I had try and I don't know, I don't know if I wish I had tried harder to get in there with people because I did become friendly with a lot of a Mike Lawrence, another guy, big, big Creek in the Cave guy. I tried. I did try, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't know, it, it, you know, because then some people, all they cared about was getting into the Creek in the Cave where they forgot what their purpose was. I saw those people, too, where they were so hard up to become a part of that community that they stopped doing the other open mics and working on being funny instead of just being funny for that group. And I, I think this makes sense because I think I, the only reason I bring this up is that the Creek in the Cave announced that it's closing, uh, this week. And you're going to find this with a lot of places that you have connections to. Um, and you start to like reflect, you know, I, I reflected a little this week I remember the last time I tried with the creek in the cave. So, it's run by this woman named Rebecca. Uh, she was like the mother hen to a lot of people. She, to a lot of people, she was like their their stepmom or their Wendy from Peter Pan. And and I appreciate that. It just wasn't from wasn't me. I wasn't that guy for her. She was never really looking to make me a part of that group, which is okay. But I I think you have to know when to cut your losses and move on without holding a grudge and I I don't think I ever held a grudge but I would I mean even me speaking honestly about it now I I do feel a little bit like I don't want to be talking shit because when I saw that it was closing I went to write a tweet and I am sad that it's closing because I know a lot of people who do consider that place home a lot of people who do have a personal connection to it I have a small personal connection to it so they must have a huge one so I feel bad seeing any place that supported comedy close down I feel bad that any I feel bad that any place that would feed comics for free when they were sitting there without you know not a lot could you know that is going to close down. It sucks. I remember when I was really trying to work my way in there as far as like show people like, hey, I want to be a part of this community. Uh, they also booked a show called Cabin. Cabin was every Thursday night and it was like the goal. That was the show you needed to get on so that you could be funny. I never got booked on Cabin. Um I always I I I was I was like I got to get on this show. I got to show people I'm funny. I got to show them that I could get on Cabin. If you get on there are these small little you know you know thing loops to jump over or the whatever to jump over the that you're like in, you create in your mind. And I was like, I gotta get on Cabin. If I get on Cabin, people see that I'm funny, that I, they'll they'll want me on their other shows and they'll know that I'm legit. That was my thinking. Even though that sounds stupid right now. And I never got booked on Cabin. Then I was like, okay, well maybe if I, if I start an open mic at the creek in the cave, they'll see that I'm a good guy and that I'm likable and that I'm doing funny stuff and I'm trying and I'm working hard. And then they'll book me on Cabin. So I started this open mic called It Starts at Four. And it was four o'clock every Saturday. And I started with this guy, RG. Him and I were going to do it together. And I I I was really my plan was to make that the most fun open mic. So that's so so fun that you would show up at four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon and I would buy a bunch of buckets of beers and I would get shots for people and we would, you know, if if you did a good set, you'd get a shot or I would come up and chug a beer. It was really about having a fun time and people loved it. People started coming. People would hear, wow, there's, because in New York, a lot of people are looking for positive open mics, positive places to do jokes, places you can feel comfortable because a lot of places aren't comfortable. Again, one of those places was the creek in the cave where people felt uncomfortable. So I felt like I was giving place, uh, making a place a little less scary for me. And I was hoping that was helping a lot of people. Um, and I remember I did it for a few months and I, then I went to the, her and I was like, Hey, I, I, I just want to let you know, uh, the mic has been so fun. I hope you've been hearing what I've been hearing. And I would love to do Cabin. And, and she basically said no. And I was like, okay. I've made my attempt. I can't spend my Saturdays at four working towards something that might not be be an open door for me. And so I said, well, good luck. I'm not going to do the open mic anymore. And we, we kind of cut ties there. Um, But, you know, would I... You know, there's a thought in my mind, like, would I still be running an open mic at four? No, but I'm saying, how long do you spend time on something? Look at these dating scenarios. People send me dating scenarios all the time. How long do you keep texting the person? Well, you do your best and then you put someone at a choice of yes or no, and then you have to move on as hard as that might be. And that's I remember. That was the day I moved on from the creek. I was like, I'll come here when it works in my schedule on an open mic or if I'm booked on a show, but I'm not going to make it my priority. And to this week, I saw a lot of people on Twitter like saying, you know, say, you know, there was half, oh my God, this place was my home, which that is very true. And there was a lot, of, there was a few that were like people complaining about it, saying it wasn't very inviting. And I remember I tweeted that I was sad and then it was a lot at home for a lot of people. But, you know, I remember I tweeted that and then I talked to Jess about it and she was like, you always didn't like that place. And I was like, yeah, but now is not the time um i appreciate it now is not the time it's like i'm gonna be a phony for two seconds and i don't think i'm being a phony i do i do mean what i said i'm saddened by the closing it's a place to help comedians but um it's you know that's to me that's my very honest eulogy for a place that did mean a lot to a lot of comedians we'll be back next episode boom